are now about to witness the strength of knowledge. This is Steve Dace. Raising a banner of bold colors, no pale pastels. People should not be afraid of their governments. Governments should be afraid of their people. Our rights are inherent and essential. Derived from our maker, that is liberty. And liberty will reign in America. This is Steve Dace. Greetings, happy Monday. Welcome to the Steve Day Show podcast here on Westwood One. That would be me. Todd and Aaron are here with us as well. Powered each and every day by CRTV. And we have good news for you, by the way. We today signed a three-year contract extension with CRTV. So the podcast here on Westwood One will continue as well. You will have Tricky Dick to kick around for at least a little bit longer. Speaking of CRTV, we just wrapped up production for the television show. Let's get a preview of what's coming up today at CRTV.com. Todd, I'll start with you. That's a bit of a hold my beer, bad foreign policy contest between Donald Trump and the uh, socialist chick from New York. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We are dangerously low on adulting. Dangerously low on adults. Aaron. Um, with the new show now, uh, with uh, with Kurt Schilling that we do, I'm a little bit more like into my day and kind of into my groove after we're get done with that show. So I'm like, I'm I'm on kind of full tilt trying to get the you know the Steve Day show ready to go. And as I was preparing the montage today uh, between those two shows, I had it kind of in my head. You know, there's I I had a few things enough I thought to make a whole montage. Um, you know, opening montage about uh, just stupid things and stupid pictures and videos from over the weekend. I I was like having some sort of out of body experience, and then I looked at, at my computer, and I'm like, "There's ten things on here, and I haven't even gotten through like Saturday yet." And that's where I had to cut it off because we had you know less than an hour to prepare, and that's the opening montage. Uh, stupid was on full display since Friday. Stupid was on tilt. Yeah. Over the weekend, no yep. doubt. Dumb was on tilt, so was depravity. We're going to talk about that here in a moment. But if you want to watch today's CRTV show, CRTV.com is how you can go and watch. Now it's for subscribers only. If you're not yet a subscriber to CRTV, use my name as the promo code. That's promo code DACE, D-E-A-C-E. And you too will get an opportunity to watch not just this show, but all of the shows we do here at CRTV, including the great one, Mark Levin. CRTV.com, promo code DACE. And how big is that discount? You'll get a year of all the programming at CRTV for only a quarter, including, as Aaron just mentioned, the brand new sports show we just launched today. It's me and future Hall of Famer Kurt Schilling called On the Clock. We literally have a, a timer. It's 20 minutes. How many sports topics can we get to in 20 minutes? And yes, it is about sports. Kurt and I each have strong political opinions. We're, one of them is also we should not politicize sports, but we should have escapes, safe places, full places to to uh, in, you know be unified in coming together as a people and enjoying the fruits and spoils of freedom. So this is going to put the sports back in sports talk. All right. So that's one of our new shows in the stable here at CRTV. CRTV.com, promo code DACE. Now, today's podcast, it's a Monday. That means we're going to look back at some of these headlines from over the weekend. On CRTV, we tackled the dumb. Here today on Westwood One, we're going to tackle the depravity. I've got three headlines from over this weekend. And it dawned on me, the more I thought about some of our peers here on the right's reaction to Tommy Lahren and her assertion that if if you want to stop murdering innocents as the God our right who grants us our rights commands, you are guilty of, what did she call this, uh, religious judicial activism or theocratic judicial activism, something yep. like that, right? Okay. And... A couple of you, because you're on it, man, brought this to my attention, that we're being offered a false choice here. The false choice is that we obey the commandment uh, of, uh, or we disobey the commandment that the God who grants us our rights has against killing innocents, or you are a theocratic uh, religious judicial activist. Like, there's, there's no in between. There's no distinctions. It's just one extreme to the other. And we saw a whole bunch of people on the right line up to say, no, no, I'm, I don't, I'm, I'm fine if you want to disobey God. I just think we need better constitutional jurisprudence, as if you're going to come up with good constitutional jurisprudence 
outside the wisdom of the divine being that is the source of all wisdom. I don't understand that, right? That, that seems like we're being offered a false choice. Let's challenge that today. Gentlemen, I have three stories that emerged from this weekend. We're going to take these one by one. I'm going to give the details. And Todd and Aaron, I'm going to challenge you to make a purely secular argument against these ideas. Okay? No theism is permitted. It must be an entirely secular-based argument. Are you guys ready to go? Yeah. Here's the first one. A TEDx forum for a TEDx forum to share her. Let me start that again. A German medical student was recently allowed a TEDx forum to share her belief that pedophilia is a natural sexual orientation. Argue against her assertion purely from secular terms, secular values. Well, I think as. Um just human beings, regardless of where you come from, I think we can all agree that um, we should all be doing and promoting that which promotes the most good for the most people. And we can see from science and from human development that uh, children are not capable, maybe, um, of being moral agents fully uh, by themselves to the level that's needed. Uh, for for decisions about their uh, sexuality and things like that, and um, so it, it's it's not right for us to uh, encourage that type of behavior because it's not promoting the good, the greater good of those children. Why would a society that would have been okay with why would a worldview? I should say. Let me make this more specific. Why would a worldview that also says it's okay with killing every single one of their those children before they're born? Why would it be moved by that argument? Well, that's just a preposterous red herring, Steve. Uh, slippery slope argument, yeah. Todd, give it a shot. Well, I'm curious about some of uh, their own terms. Uh, natural uh, and orientation. Uh, orientation, when you talk about that all the time, uh, it, it, when progressives talk about that all the time, it's it's usually a a, a spectrum uh, and one uh, that can uh, be altered multiple times uh, within a, a lifetime. Uh, it's very uh, choice driven. It's very don't judge uh, don't judge driven. Yet you now use um, uh, something that uh, that's more scientific. Uh, in the in the other term, w- what is natural ab- about this? Define that term. Uh, is it just because it's well, I have, bio- the, I, I have it- these desires, and why can't I act on them? Uh, well, so having any any desire is natural. So uh, having well, what what filter what filter would there possibly be to knowing what is a natural desire and what is not? Well, is is the natural emotion to hurt, to commit violence? Is that? In some cultures it is. Who are we to judge? In some cultures it is, sure. Uh, I, we, I, we commit violence. You know, we're still in, we're in 18 years of war in, or 17 years of a war in Afghanistan, for example. You know, we commit violence at the border. We separate families at the border. So, you know, why is your violence better than my violence? Is... How about is, is 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 cancer natural? Yeah. Well, it's a, is it a natural phenomenon? Sure. Do sometimes does it just happen naturally? Sometimes do you do certain things that um, spur uh, spur that natural phenomenon to happen? Sure. So, just. It, it seems to me that when you're using the term natural, you are you using it in a way that is objectively good or just is? Because again, I take you back to your other term, orientation. Is it then natural to have unlimited orientations that can change well, based would, on no biology? If and I have this worldview, I would, re- would reject that there is any objective good. I've, rege- I've rejected that there's any objective good. 
that's step one. That's how I, I mean, I, I couldn't have gotten here if I didn't make that rejection, right? So I've already rejected there's any objective good. Um, I, instead, I would argue that there's a basic good. And that basic good is I'm basically good. And you're basically good. And human nature is basically good. How do we know, by the way? I mean, there's been journals of American medicine that have talked about this. Published journals and respected psychiatric and medical journals in the United States in the last decade that actually um, sexually engaging these children at a young age can actually create, help create sexual awakening for them. They may even experience pleasure. Why is that bad? That, those have been legitimate journals that have been published, as a matter of fact. Well, I go back to if what you just said. If if none of this is objectively true, why is it such a clear and present objective, though, that I have to agree with you or lose my business on this front? Because you're denying me my basic happiness. Me. Why can't we just go our separate? Well, ways that's the same argument racist made. They were, that, that's why when they didn't want to sell houses to black people, they were that's the same argument they made. So it's just bake the cake pig. It's, well, this is moral subjectivism. I get my way because it's what I want. And if you don't want what I want, you don't get yours. Right? That's the argument. So if kids, uh, if kids are now... Uh, that, that, is, that is the minus divine accountability. I promise you that is the argument. You will always get to this point. Every time. So pedophilia is natural, and kids are also autonomous agents enough to the point that you think they should decide whether they're boys or girls, even when they're in kindergarten. What standing? But they can't. Do, we, they can't decide whether to be born on their own or not. Yes. What standing do you have as a parent if if your teach if your second graders teacher starts hitting on them and buying them gifts and asking them to you know go hang out with them? What what standing do you have? I don't know. I I may have to confront that reality when I come upon it. I don't know. Wow. I don't know. I'm okay. Live that truth. So let, let's Enjoy. Let, let's move to the next one. Let's move to the next one. Planned Parenthood of New York City is not content with the tax money it is already receiving from taxpayers so it has begun a fundraising campaign with the slogan quote protect our right to safely f whoever the f we want unquote that is its actual ad campaign there in new york city argue against this from a non-theistic perspective aaron well, you know, Congress um, and our duly elected representatives a long time ago formed the FCC, which uh, in and of itself formulates rules for public communication, broadcasting, things of that nature. And I believe one of the things that the FCC does is regulate public displays, um, as such as uh, billboards and things of that nature. And I know for a fact that... Um, that you know, it, it, it may not be saying those words, but in, in the spirit of the law uh, that has been created by the FCC, you know, maybe I, I think it's probably violating that. So they are in violation of the law. Well, then I guess just, you know, when did they make these laws saying these words were bad? 40, 50, 60 years ago? You know, is it a time yeah. for these laws to be updated? Yeah, well, you know, should they evolve? That's why we have a, a democratic process, and in the meantime, um, you know, it's it's probably not. I mean, how is it affecting you personally, really? At the end of the day, those ads in New York City. I mean, you live in Iowa, so that's one thing. The other thing is, you know, if you want to take a look at changing the laws, then change the laws. But at this point, you know, it's it's it is what it is. I'm confused whether you're arguing their point or against them, actually, because you made some of their arguments in the way that you argued back against me. It, Todd, argue against this campaign from a totally secular point of view. Well, I thought this was ultimately about reproductive freedom and reproductive rights. Well, the visuals that go along with the campaign that you're talking about are heavily promoted with homosexual couples, male homosexual couples. Well, it wouldn't matter if female because no one's getting pregnant. And that's what what on earth does this have to do with feminism, reproductive rights, Gloria Steinem? What, what what is this about other than hedonism? Their argument would be the root argument against 
a woman's right to choose stems from the exact same worldview that denies these sexual expressions at the exact at the same time which is uh the idea that human sexuality has to be um restricted or relegated to an antiquated moral model and that rational human beings can't make arguments of consent unto themselves um and as long as it's consenting then who is anybody else oh, to judge well, let's talk about rational which is which is which is kind of ironic because when you make the argument you can have sex with whoever you want you kind of can't right we we there are a group of people in society who believe they can have sex with whomever they want right what do we call them do you guys know sexual predators yeah they'd be yeah uh, we put them in prison <laughs> Give them ankle okay. bracelets for the rest of their lives. Yeah, we, we rapists, yeah. sexual predators. That's who believes they can have sex whatever you want. So right away, the argument is a fallacy because it requires consent. If you just decide on your own unilaterally, I can have sex with you if I want to, then um, if you don't have their consent, that that's a crime. So this argument in and of itself is a fallacy. But... How how many people on the right on our side bring make the point about this that I just made? Have you, have you ever heard this before? I've never heard this point anywhere outside of my own show. Okay, so since I'm the only one that I know of that has made this point, take what I think is the best secular argument against this that you could make, kick it to the curb, make me another secular argument against this then. Well, if we're going to then go to this being about... Uh uh, feminism and genuine women's rights. Uh, why a am I not allowed you to hold you to the accountability and the uh, objective truth of a where babies come from to know that and b to be held responsible accordingly? Why as a grown up woman and that's who Planned Parenthood is supposed to be there to support, I think. Why can why is it not reasonable to the, for those to be adult standards? I have just come to the conclusion your white privilege uh, mm. has influenced your heter- the heter- heteronormative patriarchal leanings, if not uh, flat-out um, claims that you are making, and they're illegitimate. And I don't need to be lectured to by someone with uh, who's on the wrong side of history about what is right and wrong. Ah, so no science then. Got it. Okay. And science, you know, science has said all kinds of things in the past. Science used to, you but know, that's your thing. Race, You're the ra- reason ra- science ra- people. Well, well, we're for an evolved science, uh-huh. a science that has been uh, rightly evolved, as you guys would say with your scriptures, rightly divided. A rightly evolved science. Science has said certain human beings, because of the color of their skins, or Aborigines in Australia, were inferior beings. So, you know, um, science needs to evolve like everything else does. How do you know it won't be evolve to the way it was before this, though? Because that would be the, that would be regression. We are progressing. How do you know we're moving re- on from those things? How do you know what's regression and progression? Whatever, whatever affirms. Societal norms, as Dean Obadila tried to say on my HLN appearance a couple weeks ago, whatever affirms societal norms should be the standard that we evolve to. Because human beings are basically good, so we come to those norms out of our basic goodness. Like this next story. Spain's beauty queen is a transgender activist who, along with getting a spot in the Miss Universe pageant, visits school children with the message, and I quote, There are women with a penis and men with a vagina because the only key part of being a woman is to be and feel like a woman, unquote. Todd, you go first this time. Argue against this from a purely secular perspective. I don't want to. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, no. uh, I do because I just remembered uh, that I'm a dad. Uh, They're my kids. They're not yours. Get the hell out of my classroom. Or you're going to get hurt. How about that? Have your own kids if you want to preach this crap to them. What ha- what happened to the other arguments we just had before about there is no truth? Why are you coming in here and hijacking a classroom to talk about something that where you have to admit just based on reason and science that you are in the severe minority for whatever reason it is. You aren't most people. Back off. We're starting to get somewhere here. 
Aaron, you want to give it a shot? Oh, mercy. Um, how do you even... You can't. You can't really, uh, uh, unless, you're, unless you use what Todd said. I can't think of a single good argument that doesn't at least have some foundation in a Judeo-Christian ethic. It's impossible. It is impossible, which was the point of this exercise. The best argument, let me rephrase this, actually. Let me, before I go to what you said, Todd, let me say this first, because I want to make sure I, I say this as specifically correct as I can. I'm not saying there are not good secular arguments against this. That is not what I'm saying. I'm not saying there's not. You guys even used a couple of them as we went back and forth on these three issues. You guys even used a few of them. There absolutely are good secular arguments against this. I do not believe there are any winning secular arguments against this. And those by are two that, different things. By that you mean like end game yes. arguments. But yep. I mean you're, not gonna, you're, not, you're not gonna close the sale with those arguments. Even though several of them You can your, work your way there. But yeah, you, but they there are good. And you you will you'll find a niche audience like an Ayn Rand who was a virulent uh, atheist who hated Christianity and thought Christians were fools. But also Love the idea of an ordered, objectively, a, a, a universe with some objective truth to it that kept it grounded. That somewhere, and, and why did she love that idea? Well, the, what's the point of, of arguing for a meritocracy if there's no ultimate awarding of merit? You know what I'm saying? Sure. And so while she didn't want to be uh, t- told what to think and believe and, and what moral standard to live by by a God any more than the the caricature that I was just portraying wanted to. She loved the idea that an ordered universe would would at some point, even if all of those objective order orderings were from a natural phenomenon, would re, would would reward what is objectively good and true. But the amount of people who will appreciate that is extremely limited, because human nature is not basically good. Human nature is fallen. And so the vast majority of people, when you untether them from divine accountability, will not seek out an, an objective transcendent accountability apart from the divine the way the, that Ayn Rand did. And the reason why we pointed her out as an ex, as example, because she's a rare one. The vast majority of people in fact, as brilliant as she was, in many respects, Ayn Rand was one of the great hypocrites of the 20th century, arguing the application of a belief system whose premise she viciously rejected. She wanted everything Christianity had to offer, except accountability. You'd be like God. Yes. But she wanted all the accoutrements that goes along with a divinely ordered and just and regulated universe without the accountability i would make the argument this will offend some of you good i would make the argument the progressive is more intellectually consistent than ayn rand for the progressive is saying because we have rejected the premise of your divine ordered just regulated universe we don't have to be held to any standard or objective that we don't want to be because we are. We are the determiners of our own fate. You're essentially saying um, down the road, if you follow that train of thought, the crowd outside Lot's house is more intellectually honest than Ayn Rand. Yes. Essentially, Ayn Rand goes to the crowd outside of Lot's house and says, can you find a calmer, more polite way to rape these men without acting so belligerently? Yeah. Yes. Let's be reasonable yes. here. It's ethical, e- uh, al- al- altruistic egoism. Yes. Like I'm sure she would say, I'm sure I can find similarly sex attracted men who would love to experience a night of pleasure of you guys tr- running, a tr- running a train on them like they're the caboose. I'm sure they'd, if you will find it, if they're not in this town, we'll find them in a place in a port there is. This behavior is unruly, unreasonable. It's immature. It's pointless. It doesn't produce anything. I mean, her protest, 
her protesting the crowd outside of Lot's house is correct. The entire premise for her protest is wrong. And when you have reached crowd outside of Lot's house status, you will turn to Ayn Rand and say, screw you, man. We're, we, we passed go a long time ago. We're on Park Place now. We came to, we're at the end of the board, guys. We made it all the way around. We went past St. Charles, Tennessee Avenue, Pennsylvania Avenue. We bought all the damn railroads. We're at the end of the board game here, all right? And everybody knows once you own Boardwalk and Park Place, you win. I'm not negotiating anything. I'm in charge. You're the idiot, Ein. You're the one out there agreeing with us. There is no divine accountability, yet you turn around and then want to limit your own actualization to an authority you don't accept as there. We're the ones that are consistent. We agree with you. The authority is not there. So guess who will be the authority now? You're looking at them, honey. I like them apples. That's the more intellectually consistent position. Ayn Rand is a great argument for what Christians used to call common grace or natural law. The idea that the rain falls and the just and the unjust alike. That God has so put his spark of divinity in each and every one of us made in his image. This is what Paul means when we do what is right or do what is wrong. When we do what is right outside of a knowledge of God, we become a law unto ourselves. That we can't deny what is in us. That even while Ayn Rand goes on the Phil Donahue show from the, in the 70s, you can watch that interview if you want. It's on YouTube. And curses God with her own mouth. She then turns around and argues for objective standards, meritocracy. What kind of a fool, and I'm using that word on purpose, what kind of a fool argues for meritocracy without an ultimate judge of what is meritorious? You want to talk about the double-minded woman, in this case, unstable in all of her ways? She's arguing to apply a system she had no, she spent the, the other half of her life condemning its premise. Want to talk about being in conflict? The caricature that I just articulated, which had no premise whatsoever other than I want to, they're actually consistent. And there's no argument you can make that will woo me. You, can, you, you made good arguments, both of you did at times, but I don't care. I don't care what your arguments are. I'm the crowd outside of Lot's house. Those men inside the room, in the house, that, that's the piece that I want right there. And you will give me what I want. Or you will feel the peace of the resistance. Twitter mobs, protests, every damn show on CNN. How you like that? That's what you'll get if you don't give me what I want. So tell me what secular argument you make against that. You, try, you tried really the only endgame argument you could make, which was essentially I'm taking my belt off now and I'm going to treat you all like the children you are, right? But when a culture comes to the point that the argument is, can only be settled by the means you articulated. You can't live together as a culture like that anymore. You're unhinged. That's civil war, what you said right there, Todd. Yeah. That's and really you know, what you I articulated. Believe, you know, I believe that's where we live right that's now. That's civil war. That there's no, you are beyond reasoning with, and so I must take these corporate, if not capital, means of defending that which is mine, right? Yes. That's the argument you made. Yes. That is the end game of a culture. That's a culture who's done. One side wins, one side loses. That's it. That's a culture who's done. Or both sides could lose, frankly, depending on how bad it goes. Mm -hmm. Both sides could lose. The only way out of this without bloodshed being the end game. And I've got 6,000 years of recorded human history, I think, backing me up on what I'm about to say. The only way out of this, when we get to this point, when there is not a fringe, but when a, when a mainstream movement within a culture, whether it's a majority plurality or a sectionality, but it's a, it is a clear, defined, we don't, we don't know how many people in Sodom and Gomorrah were in the crowd outside of Lot's house. We just know they were emblematic of how depraved the culture had become, right? So, who knows, this caricature of the culture that I just, I just articulated, 
Is it a majority? Is it a plurality? Is it a sectionality? Who knows? My guess is it's a majority in places like Seattle and San Francisco. It's a plurality in places like, uh, you know, Madison, Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. It's a sectionality in all 50 states. And then it's just an argument of how big is the sectionality. But there is a mainstream segment of Americana everywhere you go now that advocates for what you heard me advocate for. When that happens, when the crowd outside of Lot's house becomes a constituency group, not a fringe, not the directs, not a counterculture, not a, not, not, no, when they go mainstream and have power, there are only two ways this game ends. In the end, bloodshed, or divine accountability. There are no other ways this will end. There are no other ways this will end. That's why we talk about revival on our show. Because when when I become the crowd outside of Lot's house, I'm beyond reason. I'm beyond logic. I don't want logic. I want what I want to be logical. And I will come up with whatever statement explanation I need to come up with in order to make it so. I will jump on Twitter, which only exists because someone took the moral ethic of work and utilized the capitalistic system in order to grow it as a platform to the point that one out of every four Americans has a Twitter account. And I will go viral over the weekend by arguing that you are entitled to whatever you want, work is bad, all the while, I'm using somebody else's intellectual proprietary property to make the argument, thus refuting the entire feces flowing from my keyboard. Yeah, that was a great turn out the lights moment right there. Okay. And I'll, and I'll lack all self-awareness whatsoever. And then when you hit me with something like, well, what if your teacher decides he wants to have sex with your two-year-old? I, 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 I'll sound like that woman. What's her name? Cortez Castro, whatever her name is. Yeah. The new <laughs> we'll, socialist. We'll call yes. her Ocastro, yes. Ocastro. When she's, well, what do you mean the uh, Jews are uh, occupying the Palestinians? Uh, oh, I just read, I, uh, well, I, I just, I, that's on the, my leftist uh, uh, bucket list of, of boxes to check. Uh, and I, I, they told me, you media outlets, don't just let us say what we want. Don't give us any pushback or ask us to explain ourselves. So uh, uh, have I ever told you about the Iraq and how they don't have maps and how they'd be better people if they did? I, I, that's what happens. I don't know. I was dumbstruck of what to say. And I've encountered that so many times in my career. So I've got nothing left. Then you're just a bigot. I, I don't know what to say. You. You're a bigot. I don't know. I don't know what to say when, when teachers in Michigan, like they did a few years ago, go into a courtroom and urge the judge to, to, to be lenient in his sentence against one of their peers because he's having sex with one of his underage students. And the underage student was a 15, 16, or 16, 17-year-old male student. And so therefore, this isn't rape. This is sexual awakening. And, and we'll, ha- we'll put out a movie last year about this exact topic that gets nominated for an Academy Award, and it's celebrated on Ellen. And by the way, while we're celebrating this movie on Ellen, we're going to sit there and go, and go totally ape over what Roy Moore may or may not have been accused of doing 40 years ago with no other evidence to support the accusation other than the accusation itself. And then even if it's true, I don't know why you guys were upset. Because if Roy Moore was said to have been dating 15, 16, 17-year-old boys, Todd, would we have seen that? What would the left have seen then? No, they probably said, oh, talk to me now. Exactly. Maybe, oh, well, maybe we misjudged you. Maybe you'll be on Ellen 2 next week. But see, when, it, when tantruming becomes its own constituency, when tantruming is activism now, I don't need self-awareness. It's just all raw emotion. I get whatever I want when I want. I can be on MSNBC on Friday arguing that the Constitution has outlived its usefulness, and then I can be on MSNBC the rest of the, me- the weekend offended that Trump is not honoring our traditional allies at NATO. And I don't ever have to sit there and stop and think to myself, um, 
why on one hand am I arguing against tradition and then on the other hand I'm arguing for it? I don't need to ask myself that. Because I'm just, I'm emoting. Trump is bad, so I can say, in my mind, so I can say and do whatever I need to do in order to make the bad stop. And it's all justified because he's that bad. And I get what I want when I want. When we're at that point, Thomas Paine's common sense won't work anymore. Thomas Paine's common sense resonates with a culture that recognizes there's some sense that are common, that are just obvious. Common, Thomas Paine's common sense resonates in an era where Matt Walsh doesn't have to sit on Twitter all day and explain why he wouldn't stay married to his wife if she became a lizard. Also, you don't unconditionally love your wife. Uh, hey, numbnuts, if she became a lizard, guess what she would cease being, Todd? Uh, a wife? A wife, yeah, yeah, because she'd be a lizard, not my wife. But, but when your culture is there, when, when, when the whole thing now... We're now moving beyond in the Papa John's controversy. We're now at the point that we're literally asking the football coaches at Media Days this week whether their stadium should continue serving Papa John's pizza. I've been following it on Twitter all day today. They're getting asked this now. If they if their stadium serves Papa John's pizza, should they consider should they should they keep even selling it? Do you, how many black kids in Detroit were eight percent of the kids are reading proficient? according to the U.S. Department, Obama's Department of Education a few years ago, and yet 96% of the students are black. How many of those kids are going to learn to read today who couldn't read yesterday based on whether the University of Kentucky continues selling Papa John's pizza at football games this fall? Todd, what do you think the number is? Is it small? It's freaking zero. Yeah, don't get any smaller. But again, when I'm at that point of emotion, I don't think about those things. I don't take logical steps. I don't, I don't sit there and be quiet for two minutes like I was on HLN last week as I'm game theorying out in my mind logically what I'm about to do and can I defend it if I do it. I just rant and rave. So while I was contemplating what to say, the guy they had opposite me, what was he doing? Ranting and raving. Because that's all I need to do. I emote, therefore I am. I get whatever I want, whenever I want. You can't tell me no. And if you do, you're a racist, misogynist, and homophobic bigot, so there. And bigots don't have rights, and the and the Iraq and maps. That's that's where we are. When we're there, I promise you. I promise you. There is no non-theistic argument that will win. Doesn't mean there aren't good non-theistic arguments. There are. You heard some of them from Todd and Aaron. But there are none that will win. I suppose you know. If your goal is, I want to cover the spread against Alabama. So I'm going to go, you know, I'm going to go five wide, you know, and, and we're, we're a 31-point underdog. I'm going to see if I can put up 28, 34 points by running 90 plays instead of 68. Cover the spread. Probably will work. But if I leave my defense on the field that long against Alabama's offense, am I going to win? No, I might cover the spread, but I'm, I'm not going to win. So your secular arguments are good. If they're good, if they're logic-based, they're still good. They will not win because you're up against something purely theological now. The unrestrained, sinful human heart. And there is nothing... No conservative think tank will publish. No primetime show on Fox News. No show here at CRTV, frankly. There is nothing we can say or do that, is, that can provide the antidote to the sinful, unrestrained, unrestrained sinful human heart. For that person has rejected common sense. And has decided whatever they want to be common is now so. Minus a divine spanking. You know, that whole the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, the very first line in the book of Proverbs. Hey, Steve, what does it mean by fear? You know, when you look it up, I looked it up in Hebrew once, you'd be amazed. Do you know what it means? <laughs> fear. That's actually what it means. Yeah, it means fear. 
Not, but it doesn't mean a cowering fear. It means a reverential one, like uh, daddy's home. Better come correct. Boss is doing an employee review. Better come correct. Make sure my I's are dotted and my T's are crossed. Because there will be consequences. Consequences. If I have not. See, we don't fear that divine accountability. And I don't need to worry about consequences. The people that emote like me. I mean, I was just reading today. A Bush appointee at judge just decided America doesn't have borders anymore. And I get to put a national injunction from one federal district court on all deportations, which he does not have any power to do. But we'll just, you know, he'll just emote and do it anyway. And that was one of your vote Republican. You get good judges, guys. Okay. So um, you can't. No friend of the court brief. Nothing. One of my good buds, Michael Ferris, is now running Alliance Defending Freedom. Michael is brilliant. I can promise you, and if Michael were here, he would agree with me. There is no friend of the court brief that Alliance Defending Freedom, handwritten by Michael Ferris, one of America's brilliant constitutional attorneys himself. There is no friend of the court brief he could have written and submitted in this case that would have caused such a judge to believe he had such power to restrain himself. It doesn't work that way. We're gone. That's what the whole moral religious people as kids constitution is wholly inadequate for any other. I don't care what its exact words are. I oppose them. I'm not ignorant of what its words are. You might be. I just don't agree with them. I wanted to say what I wanted to say. So how you like that? Nay, 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 boo, boo, stick your head and doo-doo. Who's the boss of me? Nobody. Nobody is. That's where we are. So there is no, there, there's no stubble itching argument. Well, yes, maybe if I add a few, a few syllables to that word, I will dazzle you with my intellect. Nope. Won't happen. Well, maybe if we've got Marco Rubio-like dimples, they'll listen. Nope. Won't happen. They don't care. It's not that they don't hear you, Bob. It's that they just don't care. They don't care. They're ingrates. Ingrates only respond to one thing, discipline. And then they get to the point that if they will not respond to discipline, well, then then you have some radical actions. Noah, Sodom and Gomorrah. Whole cultures of antiquity disappearing. That's what happens. So do not fall for this false choice that either... Um, you have to be a um, you have to be willing to allow evil to do whatever it wants, and if you're not, then you can, there's no distinctions between being Tommy Laren and being a theocratic religious judicial activist. Do you know who uses phrases like that? The very worldview we're talking about right here. Tommy Laren's worldview is exactly the same as the progressive that I just articulated. She has different conclusions, but it's the same core worldview. I get to decide what I want. And and no, how much evidence against... Name me somebody on the right who did not write an article this weekend Yeah, going after Tommy Lahren. That was low-hanging fruit. Yeah. And yet, right back on Fox, double down, triple down, quadruple down. It's not that she doesn't hear you. She doesn't care. She's shaking her fist at God, too. So there's, there's not a poignant argument to make. She's in divine rebellion. She doesn't care. She wants to do whatever she wants to do. That's why I don't know about you all out there, but based on that exegesis, and that's exactly what it was, I had one Bible verse going through my head the entire time, and fittingly, it's in Romans 1. And this is what I think, at least among others, should be going through your head. You you are left with one alternative. And I've always, uh, th- this just becomes more and more compelling the older I get, and we live in this culture, but when he says, for I am not ashamed of mm. the gospel, for it is the power of salvation for everyone who it believes. It seems so, well, of course you're not ashamed of the gospel. I mean, we're Christian, but 
No, there, it we are, we are. We mentioned this last week in another context, so uh, about to the degree to which we are a Christian or nation or not. What does that look like? We we are very much ashamed right now. We will never, almost never, let the lion out of its cage, as you say. And as Steve just got done saying. That's your only choice, yeah. and everything else is a lie. The only choice is, or there's there's a choice. Well, lock and load. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, your two choices are let the lion out of its cage or lock and load. One only happens when you're backed into the accord- yes. corner, though. And yes. then is it really a choice? And some of you may say, "Well, Steve, you just did this whole thing in immigration a couple of weeks ago, and you know we can't use the Bible to to literally uh, to literally create our laws." Well. There's inspiration, and then there is literal application. The Bible is not, the Word of God is not a civic manual. It's a love letter from an incredibly patient and merciful God. Not endlessly patient and merciful. I didn't say that. <laughs> I both, said in, Both of which are marks of love, by yeah, the way. Yes, yes. I said incredibly patient yes. and merciful, which means at some point, the patience and the mercy runs out. It just runs out a lot later than most of us run out of patience and mercy for one another. But it's a love letter from an incredibly patient and merciful God pleading with his creation to come home. That's what it is. Now, because of the revelation of his character, can we get generic inspirations of what is right and wrong from the scriptures? Sure. Should I literally be sitting at my... Should you show up at your city planning board with your King James or even your message. Well, guys, I'm not really sure that's where that sidewalk should go. Use some freaking common sense. Gosh, don't be the side that claims we're for common sense and then not have any, okay? There's inspiration and then there's direct application. The Bible's not a civic manual, but it is the most important dispenser of wisdom ever written and delivered to the human species. You would be wise to, at the very least, allow it to generically inspire you whenever possible. And don't let anybody on the right or left make you ashamed of that. Aaron, you get the last word. Yeah, another another uh, verse popped in my mind later on in Romans is you know six twenty three uh, the wages of sin is death but the gift of God that is the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ um, that that is the essence of the gospel and what that verse does when you let that verse out of its cage that is a convicting verse it means that what you are you know it means that sin your sin will kill you. But there is another way. He's, it essentially articulates in more explicit ways what Chris Pratt did um, a few weeks ago during that speech. And we all commented about the amount of intestinal fortitude that that guy had to have to say what he said to those kids. And it, it was not explicitly got, but what gospel, uh, but what he said had elements of the gospel in it. I don't know how you could come away with any other conclusion. And the reason why it took so much intestinal fortitude for somebody to do something like that in a situation like that on the big stage is because there are not enough people like us who will do something like that when the stage is much smaller. That is the kind... It, it need, we need not be ashamed of the gospel, as Todd said. We ha- it takes some degree at the very beginning of some modicum of the intestinal fortitude, though, that Chris Pratt had a, a couple, two, three weeks ago. That's a great example, because when Chris Pratt talked about there is a God, you have a soul, what is he introducing this audience to? Divine accountability. Yes. Yeah, that's what he's introducing them to. Hey, divine accountability is what separates the Bible from Aesop's fables. Divine accountability is what separates... God from a life coach, okay? Aesop's fables and life coaches have some basic common sense, pearls of wisdom you can glean and take advantage of, right? But divine accountability is what will make you much more likely to follow through on that stuff. 
the idea that I will be accountable to somebody more powerful than me for all of eternity if I mess this up. And I find it ironic for conservatives who understand that human nature is not basically good in, a, in an economic sense. That's why they, they stand for capitalism and that incentivizes competition. Because you have to incentivize human nature to do better than it can on its base nature, right? It's ironic, though. Same cons a lot of the same conservatives that get that in an economic sense. And when it came to a legal sense, boy, they really bristled at the... They, 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 were, they agreed with Tommy. Yeah, you're right. We don't need any divine accountability in our laws whatsoever. Huh. Well, if you don't think human, being, human nature can flourish economically if it's not properly incentivized by its basic nature to do so, why would you believe that it would do so legally? I mean, if, if secular arguments won the day, we wouldn't be on year 45 of abortion, guys. We have all the good arguments. They don't have any. Their basic argument is, don't, hey, a woman should get to do what she wants with her own body. Then you point that out, that it's not her own body. They just make the same argument over and over again. They have no arguments. They have no science. Nothing. No argument is on their side. Not one single good one. Not one. So why have we let them... So when we say that we, that we can make these all in secular arguments, we must really just suck at secular arguments then because we have all the good arguments against abortion on our side and yet it's year 45, hit the 60 million baby plateau and we keep killing. Why do we keep killing? Because conservatives just haven't come up with the right secular argument yet? No. We keep killing because they don't care about our arguments. They're in rebellion. They want to do whatever they want to do. Period. They don't feel any divine accountability. That's why they keep doing it. That's why we can't win the argument with them by removing divine accountability from our arguments. Then it's just my opinion versus yours. You ever try to have a logical argument with somebody about their favorite team, that they should have another favorite team? Yeah, you can't do that because it's their favorite team. So they've already removed all logic to begin with from the front. Because they are fanatics. Yes, which is short for? Fanat fanatics. Yeah. Well, let us know what you think about what we think. Steve at SteveDace.com is the email address. You can like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show. Don't forget, if you get a chance today, click subscribe. Leave us a review there on Stitcher or iTunes. That helps us to get the word out. So many of you have done that already. Thank you very much. On behalf of Todd, Aaron, the team at CRTV and Westwood One, we will see you again tomorrow, John 317. Steve Dace. I like it, you.